music say? Yes, sir, Amos. That music say, Good health to all from Rexall. The Amos and Andy Show, written by Joe Connolly and Bob Mosier, featuring Ernestine Wade, Johnny Lee, Amanda Randolph, Fred Clark, Byron Kane, Jeff Alexander's music, yours truly, Harlow Wilcox, and starring radio's all-time favorites, Freeman Gosden and Charles Carell, Amos and Andy! How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is Charles Carell, and I want to tell you a true story. Recently, I accompanied a friend while he did some shopping in a certain drugstore, and I was very impressed by the fact that only the day before, I had seen two of the items he bought selling in a Rexall store for exactly half the price he was paying. Now, I'll admit that this may be an unusual instance, but ladies and gentlemen, it's the truth, and it serves to illustrate a fact I've learned from actual experience. As a general rule, you'll buy better for less in your friendly Rexall drugstore. Well, Andy and the Kingfish have a job. A swank new office building opened downtown, and the boys have been hired to clean and get the offices ready for rental. Now that he's bringing home money, the kingfish is really acting the lord and master. Right now it's 7 o'clock in the morning, and the kingfish has demanded and is receiving breakfast in bed. Here he is, George. Me and Mama fixed you a nice tray. Yeah, well, uh, just put the tray on... uh, uh, Say, wait a minute. What kind of a breakfast is this to put in front of a working man? Look at the stuff on that plate there. That's what I call a plain mess. George Stevens, that is not a plain mess. That's Canadian bacon, French toast, and German sausage. All right, an international mess. It's a mess. There's nothing wrong with that breakfast. Nothing wrong with it. Look at that bacon there. It's curled up worse than a mailman's in a soul. <laughs> wait a minute. What is this stuff here? What's this? That's French toast. French toast. Hmm. I tell you, in the last war, instead of depending on the Maginot line, them Frenchmen should have fought from behind these things. Now, George. And look at these pig sausages. They is the stalest things, and believe me, I know a stale old pig when I sees one. Well, it takes one to know one. What's the matter? <laughs> yeah, and furthermore, what was that you said, Fatso? Fatso? Did you call me Fatso? Yeah, I called you Fatso, Fatso. Now, George? Now, don't George me. Now, you look here, Mama. I have taken your guff and lip for 22 years. I got a job now, and I'm bringing home money. I don't need no more of your handout. Now, if there's any more lip from you, I'm going to throw you out of here bag and baggage. Now, leave the room, Fatso, and don't forget to curtsy on the way out. Come on, Mama. Hmm. Well, Mama, he sure is acting high and mighty. Don't worry, daughter. Sooner or later, that local will have his come down. Oh, but Mama, the embarrassment making you curtsy to him. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you one thing. It makes me glad I put that teaspoon of Drano in his coffee. (laughs) 
you're doing a nice job of mopping there, Ender. Yeah, we ought to have this suite of offices finished by tomorrow. Yeah. Say, uh, notice you don't give up cigars there. Smoking cigarettes now, huh? Yeah, this is one of them new kind with the built-in filter. Oh, got a filter in there. Oh, yeah. You see, the filter takes out the nicotine, the rosin, the tars, filters the smoke, and removes the heat and the harmful irritants. I'm going to give them up, though. No, what for? Well, why should I pay 18 cents a pack just to breathe fresh air? <laughs> you got a point there, all right? But you know, uh, and I've been thinking about this cleaning here. We ought to go in business ourselves, cause, uh, instead of charging a flat rate of a dollar hour, we'd charge by the foot. What do you mean by that? Well, instead of cleaning this way, I suppose we charge 50 cents a cubic foot. No, no, I like this work better. I don't want to go around cleaning no Cuban's feet. Man, their cubic foot is in geometry. Well, I don't care where it is. Let them wash their own feet. Man, let me explain the thing. You know what a foot is, don't you? Well, sure. I got two of them. No, no. I mean the 12-inch foot. Oh, oh, a little smaller than mine, huh? Well, no, I mean it's like a foot on the ruler, 12 inches long. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you take one of them feet, you square the thing, you multicase it, yeah. and then you uh, pulls out the square root, and there you have it, and they're cubic feet. <laughs> it's just like ice cubes, only bigger. <laughs> now, you take this room here, and uh, there must be 400 cubic feet in here. Well, that's funny. With that many of them in here, I ought to be able to see one of them. <laughs> Listen, Andy, you can't see a cubic foot. Well, if you can't see them, how do you clean them? Well, that's the beauty of cleaning cubic feet. Nobody knows whether you've done the work or not, you see. <laughs> oh, me. This explanation doesn't give me the headache. We better go on working the way we are. Yeah, uh, the manager got the for rent sign out in front. Uh... Yeah. He wants $200 a month for this suite, huh? Yeah, too bad we don't know someone that could afford offices like this. Yeah. Yeah, might make a commission for renting it or something like that, you know. I tell you, Andy, the best... Wait a minute. Come in. It's open. Excuse me. Is this the office that's for rent? Uh, uh, yes, sir. This is the one, yes, sir. Yeah, quite an attractive layout. You know, it's just what I've been looking for. Yeah, well, it's $200 a month, but you got to talk to the building manager. We got a lot of feats to clean here we ain't see yet. <laughs> well, I'd better talk to him. I'd be very grateful if I could rent a place like this. Yeah, well, now, just how grateful, if you know what I mean. Uh... <laughs> well, I, uh, I might be willing to slip someone, shall we say, $50? Yeah, let's say that. That makes nice chit-chat, yeah. <laughs> Just uh, leave the details to me, mister, but as of now, the place is yours. Uh, here's my card, and you can call me the first thing in the morning. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, my name's Murdoch. Murdoch. Fred Murdoch. Murdoch. Say, Kingfish, why'd you do a thing like that? This is a high-class place. The manager ain't gonna take somebody that just walks in off the street. Now, listen, Andy, I'll tell the manager that I has known this fella for a long time, that he is a reputable businessman. Well, I don't know about this, Kingfish. I hope it don't lead to no trouble. How you know that that fellow's honest? Honest? And it was plain as the nose on your face. Didn't you see how open and above board he was when he offered me that bribe? Thank you very much, Mr. Stevens. Thank you for calling. It's a deal. I'll move in tomorrow. We got the office, huh, Fred? Yeah. Harry, I want you to take some of the boys and get up there. I want at least a dozen telephones in that office suite by noon tomorrow. Will do. 
What a perfect front, Harry. A swank office building like that's the last place in the world the police would start looking for a bookmaking joint. Good evening. This is your Rexall family druggist, speaking to you for the 10,000 independent druggists who have made the word Rexall part of our own store names. We've done this because we recommend and sell the 2,000 or more drug products made by the Rexall Drug Company. Rexall Anapac is a good seasonal example. Thousands have already learned to depend on it for effective relief from symptoms of the cold that has gotten a grip on you. That's because Anapac combines antihistamine with time-tested APC compound. That way, you not only get quick relief from nasal congestion, but also from the headaches, muscular soreness, and fever that usually accompany a cold. So remember, next time you feel a cold coming on, start taking Anapac as directed on the label. That's A-N-A-P-A-C, Anapac, at Rexall Drugstores, everywhere. Well, Harry, this is a great setup we've got with these offices. Yeah, Fred. Two phones in here and 12 in the back room. Any bookmaker in town will give his right arm for a setup like this. We ought to have a big day today, especially with that big Florida race going. Yeah, I want to talk to you about that. Gypsy girl's the favorite. I don't care what they do at the track. When the calls start coming in, the odds we're quoting on Gypsy girl are six to five. Yeah, paying any more than that, it really put us in the hole. Well, nothing will be doing for an hour or so. What do you say we duck around the corner for a little breakfast? Say, you don't think anyone would mess around with a setup, do you? Harry, nobody messes around with fancy Fred Murdoch. <laughs> Why is we coming down here to the fifth floor, Kingfish? Well, look like I got to explain everything to you. Well, go ahead. Explain that to me. Well, then, uh, that Mr. Murdoch moved in this morning. And I just thunk I'd drop in his office, see if he's comfortable, you know. If you, if you run him to place, you want to make a man feel at home. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. But it's kind of early in the morning. I wonder if he's in yet. Yeah, well, here we are. Knock on the door here. Hmm, knock again here. Well, there he is. See there? Yeah, Nobody there. That's right. Well, I get my pass key out, yeah. Well, wait a minute, Kingfish. We gonna walk right in? Ain't this what the police call a messy demeanor? Or something like that? <laughs> oh, that's all right, Andy. Maybe we can do something for him, like empty his wastebasket or something. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. here, will you? I see you got some furniture in here, all right. Yeah. The place looked pretty bad, though, Andy. Except for them two telephones on the desk there. Yeah, look at that. Say, Kingfish, why would a man have two telephones? Well, they're probably an important executive. Always talking with a phone to each ear. One to each ear. Hey, Kingfish, look at this other office here. Twelve phones. He must be awful important or else he's got more ears under his hat than I think he is. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you're right, Andy. Look in there, will you? Yeah, let's go in here. Well, look at these phones. Look at all these phones. I wonder what business he could be in. Well, I... Oh, I see, Kingfish. He's a butcher. He's in the hamburger business. Man, what makes you say that, Andy? Them pictures of horses all over the walls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's some pretty choice cuts there, ain't there, boy? Yeah. Wait a minute, though. I'm just looking at this slip of paper on his desk here. Got to sit there and read it to me. What does it say? He ain't no butcher. He must be a band leader. 
Got something about music written down here. Music, Andy? Yeah, look here. It's a bell notes and piccolo. Let me see that. No, no, Andy, that's Belmont and Pimlico. <laughs> Say, I don't hear them names before, Kingfish. Uh, what is they? Well, I think there's islands in the Caribbean, Andy. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's where them Cuban feats come from, yeah. I know. <laughs> well, there ain't nobody here, so we might as well go ahead and... Uh, well, there's a telephone, Andy. Better answer it. Maybe we can take a message, Mr. Murdoch. It's right near you, that one right there. Yeah, okay. Uh, hello? What? Uh, what is that again? No, no, no. Uh, who was it, Andy? Oh, some fella had the wrong number. He thought this was the Pullman Company. The Pullman Company? Yeah. Wanted to know if I had a sleeper in the 8th. <laughs> well, I guess with all these phones, you get a lot of wrong numbers. No, oh, yeah. Well, we better get on back, Andy, and start cleaning up the rest of the building, yeah? Yeah, you're right. We're wasting a lot of time here, Coach. Hey, man, I'll get this one, Andy. It's near me here. Go ahead. Uh, hello? Uh-huh. Uh, what is that? No, no. It's, uh, 20 to 8. Uh, you welcome. <laughs> Come on, Kingfish. Come on. What was that call about? Oh, another wrong number. Some crazy fella mumbled something about Gypsy Girl. Then he didn't know what time it was. Didn't know what time it was? No, he asked me if it was 6 to 5, and I looked at my watch and told him, no, it was 20 to 8. <laughs> I'll say one thing, though. He seemed awfully happy when I said 20 to 8. I don't know. a pretty good supper, Sapphire. Oh, thanks, George. Well, Mama, what is in the newspaper tonight? Oh. Oh. Oh! Mm. Uh, what's the matter there, Mama? Is the news that bad, or is your whalebone stays nipping you in the clavicle again? <laughs> no. No, I see in the paper the police is still trying to run down them bookmaking gamblers. Awful hard to catch, though. You say bookmaking gamblers is hard to catch? Yeah. You see, they keep moving around. Seems the way they do it, they rent space in some swanky office building and mm. they put in a lot of telephones and take some bets. And then they moves on before this call. Mm. <laughs> Why, George, what's wrong with you? The expression on your face. Yeah. You look like you did on the lodge picnic when the frog jumped in the fricassee and you ate a green dumpling. <laughs> oh, no, no, I was all right. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's nothing at all here. Just shaking a little bit. I always shake around this time of day. <laughs> well, look here. Oh, it says here, the big gambler they is looking for is called Fancy Fred Murdoch. Fancy Fred Murdoch. Yeah. Y'all, excuse me. I think I'll go in and lay down. I'll be, I'll be back. Uh, George, what's the matter? Is you in some kind of trouble? Honey, I ain't sure, but I was afraid that I'm going to have to answer you in the infirmary. That's all I... <laughs> 
Look, Stefanelli, there's no sense calling me up and getting excited on the telephone. I know Gypsy Girl won, but the odds were six to five. What do you mean we quoted 20 to 8 on the phone? Well, all right, now don't take that attitude. All right, all right, so you're an old customer. For you, I'll pay the 20 to 8 on your $400 bet. It's costing me my own money, but I'll pay it. All right, I'll send it over. What's the matter, Fred? He said he called here this morning for the odds and someone quoted 20 to 8. Now, why would Stefanelli lie like that? Look, he's not lying. I've known him 15 years. He's a rat, but he's an honest rat. <laughs> Somebody gave him those odds. Somebody's been in here. Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. When we came back from breakfast, I could have sworn I'd seen them two cleaning fellas coming down the hall. And the ball-headed one had a ring full of keys. Yeah, I don't know, but it's costing me $1,000. I'm going to pay a little call on that George Kingfish Stevens and interview him for a write-up in the obituary Now, here is your Rexall family druggist. Attacks of acid indigestion usually come without any warning whatsoever. And that's why so many family medicine chests always contain Rexall's famous antacid, Bismarex. Why, what makes Bismarex so exceptional? The formula, ma'am. A Rexall exclusive. You see, the carefully tested ingredients in Bismarex are specially compounded to work in a continuous relay. First, excess stomach acidity is often neutralized in less than one minute. Then other ingredients, dissolving more slowly, ease gastric distress, soothe and protect irritated stomach membranes. That way, Bismarex gives relief that's both fast and prolonged. Bismarex? How do you spell that? B-I-S-M-A hyphen R-E-X. Bismarex. Ask for it at Rexall drugstores everywhere. It's one more reason why 10,000 independent druggists tell you. You can depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexall. I hear that Francie Fred Murdoch has been looking for me and with a gun, too. What in the world is I going to do? Well, let me get in here and see Algonquin J. Calhoun. Calhoun, I'm glad you're in here, boy. I'm really glad you're here. I was in a terrible spot and you got to help me. Now, calm down, Kingfish. Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't Calhoun. Now, wait a minute now. A man is out looking for me. Kingfish, I is ready to help you because... To me, you were just like my own son. And this fella really mad at me. Kingfish, like I say, I was just like a father to you. And this fella is carrying a gun. Son, you was just been disinherited. <laughs> now, look here, Calhoun. You has got to help me. Now, look here. The, the fella... I'm trying to think of his name here. I'm so nervous. I can't... Yeah. The fella's name is Francis Fred Murdoch. Fancy Fred? Yeah, you don't ever hear uh, that name, Fancy Fred, Fancy yes, Fred? Yes, sir. Now, there is a mean man. Oh. <laughs> what are I going to do, though? What, what are I going to do? Well, now, the thing for you to do is get out of town. Yeah, that is right. That's the only thing. Yeah. That's the only thing for me to do is to get out of town on the railroad. Yeah. Now, wait a minute. That's a, that's a good idea. But listen, I know what I can do, though. I can hide in the lodge hall and make my getaway in the morning. Yeah. Then yeah. I hop a train. 
Oh, thanks for the advice, Calhoun. Thank you for being a friend, a true friend. Don't mention it, Kingfish. I is your friend. Oh, a friend is something all right, Calhoun. Yeah, you is right, Kingfish. You is right. Friendship is a beautiful thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'll never forget when I was a young fellow, I was, I was prospecting up in Alaska. And one day I was out prospecting and I got lost out there in the icy waste. I was lost out there for three days without food or water, and nobody could find me. Without food and water, huh? Yeah. And then somebody got the big idea of sending my faithful dog, Blue Boy, out after me. The faithful dog that I had raised from a little puppy. And that dog swam rivers, and he climbed mountains, and he trudged through snowdrifts. And after four days, old Blue Boy, my faithful friend, finally found me. Oh, I was happy to see him again, Kingfish. But I was still tired, exhausted, and starving. Yeah, well, how was the dog? Delicious. <laughs> well, I got back to the lodge hall here safe. And I got the blinds pulled down. I locked the office door here. And now I put this chair up against the knob here so they can't open it, even with it locked. Oh, me, I'm still scared. I want to read this timetable here, but I was afraid to turn the light on. Somebody might see it from the outside. I know. I'll glue in the closet here, and I'll close the door and turn on the light there. Well, I better lock this closet to be safe. I'll lock it from the inside. There. Now I was all alone. Hello, Stevens. What kept you? <laughs> well, I had to stop by the station for the time. Uh, mm, yeah. <laughs> Certainly there's a mean echo in this empty closet, yeah? Never noticed it before. Let me test it, yeah. Hello. Shut up. <laughs> I don't know what that echo is bouncing off of, but it's bouncing back with a nasty twist to it. <laughs> There's uh, someone in here, ain't there? Yeah. Oh, it's you, Andy. You're playing a joke on me, aren't you? Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. No. What's new, Mr. Murdoch? Turn on the light. Yes, I, yes, I turned on. Now, Mr. Stevens, suppose yes. you and I go out into the other room and have a little talk. Oh, yes, sir, a little talk. Yes, I like to talk. I just noticed in your hand there, uh, and there ain't nothing that stimulates conversation like a loaded forty-five, is there? Turn on the lights. Yes, sir. All right, Stevens, what's the idea of breaking into my office and quoting odds on my horses? Oh, no, sir, no, sir. I didn't do nothing like that. Not me, Mr. Murdoch. Well, somebody did, and I'm going to find out who. Well, it couldn't have been me, Mr. Murdoch. I, I don't know nothing about horses, racetrack, odds, and nothing. I ain't been within a hundred yards of a racetrack, race, race horse in my whole life. It must have been someone who knows a lot about horses. Uh, hey, Kingfish, the door was locked. I had to come in the back way. Well, well, if it ain't Jockey Brown, the big handicapper, how are you? <laughs> hey, Kingfish, what are you talking about? I... Oh, I didn't see you had company here. How is you, Mr. Murdoch? Sit down. Uh, yes, sir, yes, sir. That's what I'm doing. Uh, Kingfish, uh, 
from the gun and the way your eyes is overlapping your cheekbones there. <laughs> I gather that someplace along the line, we done made a boo-boo. <laughs> Look, what were you doing in my office? Now, with a man talking to you, he wanted to know what you're doing in his office. Do we mean the office in the Dudley building? Oh, uh, mister, you mean the office in the Dudley building? That's right. The one with the 12 telephones in the other room? The one with the 12 telephones in the other room? That's right. The one with the horses on the wall? Oh, uh, the one with the horses on the wall? That's right. I never see the place. <laughs> now, look. Somebody was in my office. Somebody answered the phone. Somebody quoted odds on Gypsy Girl, and somebody cost me $1,000. Now, who did it? Well, now, wait a minute, mister. I realize that this ain't no time for lying, and I realize we ain't gonna get no place stolen. So I'm going to make a clean breast of it and come out and tell you the truth, mister. Let's hold that gun down there. Uh, mister Brown here is the one that done it. Okay. Wait a minute here. What you talking about? Mister, we was both there. We both done it. Look, it cost me $1,000. I want my money, and I want it by 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. Yes, sir. Well, uh, 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 I was willing to pay my half. Uh, I can borrow on my insurance. What about you, Stevens? Well, now, look, mister, I ain't got no money. I, I just started working. Look, Stevens, you have that money here tomorrow morning, or you'll be strolling along the bottom of the East River wearing a cement top coat. <laughs> yes, Amos, I done paid the man off this morning. $500. And that was the craziest thing to do over here. Though. Why didn't you go to the police? Well, it's too late now. Mr. Murdoch done moved out of that office up there. Yeah, well, you say you paid your half of the money, but what about the Kingsies? Well, that's the strange part of the whole thing. He showed up this morning and paid the man $500, too. I wonder where the Kingsies got that money. Well, I don't know, but he say something about he's going to have to work awful hard to pay it back. Yeah, well, I guess he's going ahead and work in the cleaning business to pay the money back. Yeah, but I still can't figure where he got that money. Neither can I. I, I tell you, Amos, I can't figure... Quite a breakfast this morning. Bacon and eggs, toast, marmalade, coffee, and even a rose on the tray. Certainly is great to have breakfast brought to you in bed. Yeah, and I want you to cook it and bring it in here to me every morning till you pay me back that $500. <laughs> and don't forget to curtsy on the way out, you bum! Oh, wait Friends, have you ever tried to lose weight and never really succeeded? Have you punished your body with starvation diets and back-breaking exercise with no results? Well, don't be discouraged. There is a way out. The Ann Delafield Reducing Plan. Here's the reducing plan that's actually easy, actually fun. You don't starve. You don't count calories. You don't take strenuous exercise. Instead, you have generous, appetizing menus and the Ann Delafield Appetite Reducer Wafer, a delicious food, not a drug. Take a tip from Harlow Wilcox. If your excess weight is not organically caused, be happy, be slender. Ask about the Ann Delafield Reducing Plan at Rexall Drug Stores everywhere, the store with the orange and blue sign on the window. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, and don't forget to visit your Rexall Family Drugstore. And above all, don't forget to exercise your privilege as an American citizen and vote. See you next Sunday.
For the one woman in ten with sensitive skin... There's Caranome, the beauty aids that are hypoallergenic, carefully compounded of fine, pure, mild ingredients, safe for most sensitive skins. There's a safe, pure Caranome beauty aid for every possible need. Created especially for the one woman in ten with sensitive skin. And sold at Rexall drugstores everywhere. Edison Andy Show is brought to you by your friendly Rexall Druggist. This is the CBS Radio Network. <laughs>